Thank you for joining us for this week's sermon. Today, we are continuing our sermon series titled, Making Real What I Already Believe, and Katie will be speaking about how Jesus always reckons with power. In this sermon, Katie looks at what we mean by power and how Jesus uses power. We look at how power is neither inherently good nor bad, but can be used for good or bad. Jesus, we see, has ultimate power, but he uses it in countercultural ways, which we see displayed on the cross. Here, it's where we see Jesus use his power righteously, which closed the gap between God and humans. We are then challenged to consider the power we hold and how we might use it to advocate for others. everyone. My name is Katie. Uh, if you don't know me, that's okay. I've, I'm new-ish. I'm in the new-ish category at Varsity, so I've been coming for almost two years now. Um, so I get the privilege of continuing our sermon series today. We have been going through the axioms of this book, and we have gone through six of the eight axioms laid out in this book. So there's our map for us. I am tackling the seventh, God's love always reckons with power. Next week, we'll finish off with God transforms us through embodied participation. And then Susan will wrap us up after that the following week. And that is the summer. So to begin, you should have gotten a piece of paper and a pen. Do you have them? If you don't, after I explain what we're going to do with those, there are some at the back at the entrance there that you can grab. So with the piece of paper and pen, we're going to take a few minutes, and in one or two words, I will give three to you wordy people out there. I know we have some. Um, you can write down one or two or three words that come to mind when you think of the word power. And then once you've done that, you can come up and put it in the basket here, and then I'm gonna read a few of those out. All right, so let's see what we have here. Control, authority, freedom, truth, profit, supernova, laser, okay. Mighty, ah, magnificent. Yours is the power and the glory. Authority, second time we're hearing that one. God, prayer, grid, corrupts, victory, blood, good news, authority, might, authority, strength, responsibility, power, significant, interesting, interesting, it is interesting, large, strong, lights, leader, I'll read a few more. Power can corrupt. Power must be accompanied with humility. Courage to create, move forward regardless of fear. Influence, to affect people, things, events. Strength, electricity. Might, force. Oh, I don't want to stop. Okay, God, money, 
imbalance, force of change. Ooh, these are good. Okay, water, sun, energy. This person's a science person. Ego, selfishness. Okay, one more. God, that's a good one to end on. Thank you for participating in that. I think that just gets us in a brain space together to think about what power means for us, but also for each other. And it's, it's got a big sphere. There's many kinds of power, financial power, societal power, physical power, spiritual power, networks and connections to people in power, power that you derive from your racial identity or your gender identity or cultural identity. And so many of these were mentioned in our list here. Authority came up a lot. So when I use the word power today, we're trying to encompass all of this, all of what you guys wrote, <laughs> also all these dynamics of power. So it's kind of a lot, so bear with me. What I want to do right now is dive deeper into what we mean by power, and then I want to look at how Jesus uses power. So that's the direction that we're going. So power, on its own, as from the list that we read, there's some good things and bad things that power can be used for. It's, it's, it's not on its own, good or bad. Rather, it's how it's used. It's kind of like fire. Fire on its own is neither good or bad on its own, but how it's used it determines its nature. So you can have a candle that you can light, and that helps you to see in the dark. Or you can use fire for cooking. I'd say that's a good thing. But it can also be destructive, as we've heard of the Kelowna and Yellowknife fires. If there's civilians around or homes around, this can be dangerous. Fire can hurt us. But then it can be a little confusing, because fire in a forest can actually be good for the regeneration of a forest and for making the soil more nutrient. So it's, it has a lot of dynamics, just like power. So power, as with fire, it can be used in good ways. In the workplace, a boss, they can listen well to their employees, they can value them, hear their opinions, incorporate it into their decisions. Or there's the story of Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector in the Gospel of Luke, who, was meeting, who after meeting Jesus, he used his power of wealth in this case and gives half of it to the poor. But we can also see power being abused. We hear of priests and pastors who use their positions of power to sexually and or spiritually abuse people. We hear stories of domestic abuse. Or you have Zacchaeus again, before he met Jesus, he used his power of position, his position of power to cheat people and to make more money for himself. That's how he gained that wealth. So we encounter power every day, whether we are aware of it or not. There's power dynamics at work all the time in all of our relationships. And we're making choices on how to act in these relationships, sometimes not even aware of the power we hold in a situation. We have a parent-child relationship, especially when they're younger, the power gap is quite big. We have a teacher-student relationship. And this can vary 
in degree of the power dynamic, depending on where you are in the world, as with a lot of these relationship power dynamics. When I was studying at Regent College, a lot of the students, some, maybe a lot, some of the students at least, from Asia had a really hard time with calling the professors by their first name, which was a way that Regent College wanted their students to call the professors by their first name because they wanted to try to close the power gap between the professors and the students. But depending on where you're coming from and depending on the hierarchy and the power imbalance between a professor and a student, this, this influences how you see the relationship. So culture influences the way we look at power dynamics. Uh, it can also be seen between those of different socioeconomic statuses. In the Barbie movie, for those of you who have seen that, maybe some of you, uh, we see the power dynamic between male and female, both in Barbie land and then also in the real world. And then there's also power dynamics between those of different races, which is deeply influenced by the history of colonialism, and we're still living in the effects of that. So history also influences how we uh, perceive certain groups or certain people and the power that society actually gives them. We all have been given a degree of power, and Jesus, I think, I would argue, that he shows us a beautiful picture of the power that he was given and how to use it. And it looks nothing like what we expect someone to have, someone to use. Let me get this right. It looks nothing like the way we expect someone who holds that kind of power to use it in that way. And there's a lot of examples of Jesus in the Bible and how he used his power in countercultural ways. And the one I want to focus on is him on the cross. So I want to invite Alex up, and he's going to read from Mark chapter 15, 21 to 32, from the NIV version. And as we listen to him, the words will be up on the screen, and you can follow along, or you can just listen. That's fine, too. And asking the question, how is Jesus choosing to use his power in this moment? A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it, and they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him, and the written notice of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, so, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from that cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults upon him. Awesome. Thank you, Alex. 
As we just heard, Jesus had people yelling at him that if he was really, truly God, if he had the power of God, he would save himself. These people were imposing their idea of how Jesus would use power if he really was the true Messiah. They would expect that he would use his power to save himself. But no, no, no. This Jesus, he does not use the power to save himself. Rather, he demonstrates on the cross his humanity, that he chose to become one of us, a human that bleeds, that feels pain, that suffers, that has a body like ours, that came and dwelt with us on this earth, walked the earth, and suffered, showing us that we have a great high priest who knows the depths and sorrows of our hearts. Jesus becoming human, going to the cross and dying, this is how God, our God, decides to use his power He closes the gap between himself and us. And in this act, God, he demonstrates his humanness through Jesus. But then in that, we also become more human. Power used righteously closes the gap. Power used righteously humanizes both parties. So how do we close this gap in our relationships. We need to start by recognizing the power dynamics of the society we're in. Asking ourselves, what is the power that I have been given to steward? Because I'm a teacher, or a doctor, or a parent, or I'm white, or because I'm wealthy, or I'm a man, or because I live in Canada and have access to resources, or because I'm tall. This is a real thing, the height thing. Like, I do not have that power. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm not six foot from up here. And when I used to lead youth group, when you try to gather a group of youth who are your height or taller, it's really hard. And height is really helpful. And uh, I would say a usage of power to be able to gather youth. Jesus, he was aware of the power dynamic between him and the Samaritan woman at the well. He knew that Jews and Samaritans didn't get along because of their long history with each other. He knew that it was significant how he treated her being a man and how strange it would look and that he might even be judged by others for interacting with her. As Jesus was aware of his history and its influence on power dynamics in his present day, we too can do this. A professor that I TA'd for back at Regent, he's a straight straight white male, he looked around the room of an organization that he was on the board, and he noticed that everyone was white. And he asked the board, can we bring someone else who might give us a different perspective than everyone here in this room? And they said, well, the board is full. And he decided to resign. He said, you know what? They can take my spot. This isn't the only way to use power, but this was the way that he chose to use power. It's a way. And he wanted to do that, to make space for someone else. And that was 
the way that he chose to use his power. He decided to close the gap between the people on the inside, in this case, white people, and people on the outside, in this case, people of color. And I'm sure he took some time to discern. And the way we discern might look different for every situation. And for one person, the way to use power might look different than another way to use power. And God will help us. The Holy Spirit will help us. He gives us wisdom and discernment. Wherever we land on the power dynamic spectrum, we all have some power, and we're already choosing to use it, whether we are aware of it or not. And even the way we respond to power is an act of power in itself. What I want to encourage this morning, as I close up here, is to examine the ways we are already using the power we have in our relationships and how we can be inspired by both the radical and beautiful picture of Jesus on the cross and how he used power. So we're going to have a couple minutes of silence and then a song will start playing. And feel free to be as you are, you can meditate on the image here of Jesus, or you can close your eyes and let the song wash over you. Um, but let it be a gift to you. I'm going to pray before we enter into our time of reflection. Lord God, we are grateful that you are a God who comes down becomes a human, walks this earth, and holds power with humility, and uses power in a way that brings yourself closer to us. Help us become more aware of the ways that we have been given power, whether we've been given power in good or bad ways, but the power that we've been given, help us to steward it well, help us to know how to use it in a way that closes the gap and humanizes others. We thank you for showing us the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources to help further your study throughout the week, you can go to vbchurch.ca forward slash sermons.